So again, establishing your posture. Making sure that you're relaxed in the body, alert in the mind. Bringing the attention to the heart center. and breathing in and out from that area. And as you do that, letting your shoulders relax. Letting your hands and the space between your eyes relax. We begin again with the neutral person, someone we feel neutral towards, have a sense of who it is, and with this person we reflect on the fact that all beings experience joy and sorrow. All beings have their own journey through life. Though we don't know this person's intimate story, we know that this is a universal fact of life. And then as you are reflecting on this person, use the phrases that help your mind incline towards equanimity. Joy and sorrow arise and pass away. This is how it is. All beings have their own journey. Just developing a sense of spacious balance, allowing people to be who they are. Whenever you don't have any more words, just being with your breath, just with the intention to incline the mind and heart to that spacious balance. Just noticing how the mind can relax around this neutral person and how it might be for their life.
and then turn the attention to what your heart is doing or feeling in relationship to that neutral person. Is there a sense of a heart connection or any connection? Is there some understanding? (laughs) Or maybe there's apathy, indifference. or I don't care. Just knowing how it is in your own heart. to how it is in my own heart. May I recognize the unfolding of my own inner journey. Moving on to a dear friend. Again, choosing someone perhaps you know something about their life, their ups and downs. And taking the time to reflect about them or about their situation. Again, using the phrases or the simple inclination of the mind and heart towards equanimity, towards balance. This is how it is for you right now. This is the unfolding 
of your own life according to your karma, your choices. And whenever you're ready, turn your attention to notice what your own heart is doing in relationship to this person. Is there some reactivity? Or notice even if there's some indifference some closed downness of your own heart. Whether I understand it or not, things are unfolding according to a lawful nature. May I open to this unfolding with clarity and balance. May my heart be at ease with all the conditions of my life. Find your way, your words, in your own rhythm.
when there are no more words, just being with your breath or your heart center or your body. Being at ease. Now moving on to another person in this category, another loved one or friend. Again, reflecting about this person Just reminding yourself of the conditions of this person's life. May my heart open to how your life is. With equanimity. This is how it is for you. All beings are owners of their actions, heirs to their actions.
Notice where your heart is in the range of reactivity to apathy. Is there grief or sadness, disappointment? or distance. accept how it is in my own heart right now. When there's balance in the heart and mind, we may notice more than one aspect of reactivity. Different kinds of attachment or aversion. Confusion or doubt. Moving on to the benefactor. Connecting 
with the person that you're choosing. Remembering the conditions of this person's life. Gain or loss, joy or sorrow. Or all of it. This is how it is for you, how your life is unfolding now. All beings have their own journey. How does your heart respond to this person or their situation? Is the mind judging them, wanting it to be different? Grief or sadness? Jealousy. Just notice with equanimity. May I open to to these habit patterns 
with more balance and ease. Pleasure and pain arise and pass away in my own heart. Again, when you're out of words, just rest the heart and mind. Rest in equanimity. Now moving on to a difficult person. Having a sense of who you're choosing. And just allow yourself to reflect about this person in the most objective way you can. Remembering the conditions of this person's life, a particular event or situation. And even in your reflection, Incline it towards 
some equanimity. This is how it is in your life right now. All beings are owners of their actions, their happiness or unhappiness depends on their actions, not upon my wishes. And then looking into your own heart more specifically, leaving their situation to the side, leaving that person to the side, and just knowing how it is for you deep in your own heart. Taking care to bring some equanimity there too. This is the unfolding of my own inner journey. May I see it clearly with balance and inner ease.
accept how it is for me right now. Now in the same category, choosing another person. Perhaps it's a loved one or a friend that you're having difficulty with. Someone that your heart struggles about. And allow yourself to reflect about this person, the conditions of their life. Be as objective as you can be. All beings have their own journey. This is part of your journey. And again, taking an honest look at what our own hearts do about this person. How do we react inside? Can we open to this? Can we open to our own grief or attachment or disconnection? or judging mind. Whatever it is, seeing if the mind can be more relaxed, opening with equanimity. This is how it is for me right now.
May I accept how it is for me with equanimity. Now the last individual, oneself. With ourselves, we reflect on perhaps a situation in our lives, some conditions about our life that we might have been grappling with. or experiencing praise or blame, gain or loss, joy or sorrow, fame or disrepute. And just focusing on the conditions of the life, of our life right now. A situation or some circumstances just seeing if we can begin to accept it with more equanimity and balance. Regard it with more neutrality. Take some time to reflect about it. open to these conditions of my life with more ease. This is the nature of my life right now. This is how it is.
Now can we let ourselves know how we feel about that? Let ourselves touch that place and open to it with more equanimity. Honestly knowing whatever's going on in your own hearts in relationship to that circumstance or to those conditions. May I open to my own heart with more ease and balance. This is the unfolding of my own inner journey. Now allowing oneself to remain in that field of equanimity and surrounding yourself with the benefactor and the dear friends. Just remembering who they are. This takes some concentration. Including the neutral person. and the difficult person. accept all of you with an open heart, with balance and great love. May my own heart open to how it is for all of you. 
and then offering all of them as a group loving kindness. May you all be safe and protected in every way. May your own love and wisdom always protect you, radiating and pervading that goodwill from your own heart center to all of these beings. May you all be at ease with your own lives, no matter what's happening. And then seeing if you can include everyone here in this room with the same kind of connection and the power of radiating your goodwill. Releasing from your heart center. May you all be safe and protected. Releasing, radiating this goodwill. May all the beings here at this retreat center and all the neighbors around, including the other retreat centers nearby, may you all be peaceful and happy. Then reaching out to include all of our loved ones, all of the children, and all of the elders and all of those in between. May your hearts be at ease. May you be safe. expanding out to include all beings everywhere, as far and wide as you can go. All the beings you know and those you don't know. All the beings you love and care for. Those you don't have any connection with. And those beings that are hard for you to open your heart. May you include them also. All the leaders of the world. May wisdom and compassion always guide you. May all beings everywhere in all directions, without exception, in all realms of existence. May you all be happy. May you all be peaceful. May you all be liberated.
So this is the last day now of the practice that we'll be doing here in the afternoon. Tomorrow will be a little different schedule. So are there any questions about that practice today? What came up for, for you? Yes, back there. So the question is about uh, talking about the relationship between equanimity and, say, grief or sadness at somebody suffering. Does it serve to allow us to be with that experience with more balance, or does it change it in some way? Well, kind of both. Uh, in In the first place, it starts to help us have more balance around that experience so that we can actually feel it more. So people sometimes think that when we've got equanimity around or with something like that, it's almost like um, covering it up or pushing it away or something. But actually, if we've got an open-hearted balance, uh, that open-hearted balance of equanimity around it, we actually know that experience more clearly. But we know it more clearly because we're not filtering it through aversion or even another layer of deeper grief or sadness because of they're going through what they're going through. But it's seen in its kind of pristine quality. It's so clear with equanimity. We feel it in a different way because we're not seeing it through any lens or through any spin of anything. So it actually is felt um, in a very clear way, and that's what the relationship to it is what kind of changes the whole atmosphere. So it doesn't change it per se, but it changes kind of the atmosphere around it. And then when that happens, my experience is that we're able to respond in a way that we can respond in Uh, more clearly, with more wisdom. We do what we can with, you know, all the power and force we have to um, respond to it, but also with equanimity, there is a lessening or um, no attachment to result with our actions. We act clearly, powerfully, but with no attachment to result. So it makes it all much more powerful. It sounds so ideal, you know, like it sounds so far out there, but in everyday life you can see just the little measures we take every day that come from equanimity can be far more powerful um, than when taken with any tinge of attachment or aversion. It actually dilutes it, it weakens it, it brings it to another direction. Yes? Uh, there's a part of me that really loves this practice. 
and there's a part of me that gets so reactive that Brother Larry will change the needles in my head and really start start pulling me out of that that lasted the whole time. And what I got what I get reactive to are any phrases around home. Mm-hmm. And we've had we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Something unknown. And with the people that I work with day in, day out, the atrocities that they have suffered in this life, I I can't I can't work myself around going backwards. Well the thing is don't go backwards. Well just take what's right in front of you. So a way that you can deepen your understanding of the concept of equanimity or of karma? Of karma. Yeah, it takes a while to really understand karma, the laws of cause and effect. So it's, it's understandable that you're not going to, you know, when you first hear about it, or maybe you've heard the word a long time, for a long time, but now with the equanimity practice, you're really taking it in. So it's good to have some patience with, Un- learning to understand the um, what really it's all about. Yesterday I spoke about how it's not just, th- we can't think of karma as that person's fault. And that may be the way you're thinking about it that puts a spin on, on it that makes your mind reactive. It's not that person's fault. And remember, it's causes and conditions. So many things come up that are out of, even out of that person's control that uh, bring up a, per, a particular situation that that person is in. So if you remember that it's causes, karma is causes, uh, and there are also conditions that come with it. The fact that we're thinking that that person is to blame or it's that person's fault, that's what puts us more in a spin. But karma doesn't have anything to do with, um, with fault or with blame. And that's where the kind of the misunderstanding may be taking place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, it's going back before this present life that's hard for you. Well, don't go there. <laughs> I mean, I think you're making it 
complicated for yourself. It, it can be really simple. Just don't go there. You don't have to believe in that. It's just in this present life, you see that there are causes and conditions. And as far as how can you do the practice so that uh, it kind of deepens your equanimity, then don't use any karma phrases at all. Just or any, I mean, the, I think the one phrase, um, all beings have their own journey, is that's the phrase that I kind of made up to. Yeah, then use the phrases that work for you, I think. Because then, if you develop more equanimity, then you might be able to come to a phrase with karma in it, and you'll see that your the habit pattern of the reactive mind isn't so strong. Because the habit pattern of the reactive mind is doing its own thing, and it's going to do its thing no matter whether it's about karma or about the, this person or about the situation in the world. This habit pattern is doing its, it's just habitually having its power. So once you um, develop some equanimity and less reactivity, even if you bring the whole karma thing into view, it's going to be, it's going to have less power. So uh, it, it would be helpful to just work with the equanimity first. And I would just, for those of you who have a challenge with the karma, so, I mean, sometimes we have retreats where that's what they talk about. The whole, you can't, it's not just like in 10 minutes or 5 minutes or a whole talk like Steve gave the other night. It, it takes a while to really understand that. And what it takes is understanding from our own practice, seeing the causes and conditions that surround us a particular um, experience now and how that has an effect later. Sometimes we, we experience an effect, and right away we understand, oh, the causes and conditions were this. And we understand it because of our own experience, not because of the theoretical things that are written about. So I would, um, I would stay with experiential, and I, I think that will help a lot. Yeah. It's a karma is such a deep and a huge subject. I, I said yesterday it's one that would make your head explode. The Buddha said if you try to understand the causes and conditions for one person's whatever. You were on your way to the head exploding. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Uh huh. Meta, I've had huge flows of of connection and 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 loving kindness and feeling and right. forth it. And I maybe it's because I'm confusing equanimity with putting up with. Like I can put up with this, you know. And I, right. It's it's it makes me sort of not want to do it because it doesn't feel like it has much for me. And maybe I'm just getting. So the comment is that it's difficult with the equanimity because her experience with metta or compassion is that she's had these huge flows. That's the problem. 
because you're expecting these huge flows. <laughs> the problem is expectation and attachment to the huge flows and thinking that it's going to be the same way. But it's not. We really need to feel what it is to feel to have some balance in the heart. And so, especially if you're having problem with equanimity, you need to practice equanimity to really feel what it feels like to have some balance and not have to have, um, you know, intensity. Because we're, we're in this culture where intensity is it. You know, and if we're not feeling intensity, we're not alive. We're disconnected. And that's the way we feel when... So if you're feeling... In this practice, if you're feeling disconnected, that's where to bring your attention to, to really understand this is what disconnection feels like. It's a kind of mindfulness. It's a mindfulness... um, With equanimity, we can have better mindfulness. We can come to those places in our hearts where we feel bored, shut down, disconnected, and say, okay, this is part of being human. This is part of my life, too. And when we don't feel that, we tend to start looking for more intensity in our lives in order to be, in order to feel, in order to feel like we're a human being. So, um, you know, this, this is suffering if we have to have intensity all the time. We have to really see that as, as something that we need to take a look at. So it might be that for you, the practice would be to bring compassion to that place that feels disconnected, that feels... It's definitely not... How, how did you explain it? You think that equanimity is... Sort of like, oh, I can put up with this. Like, yeah. This is fine. Yeah, I can put up with this. Um, so it's definitely not that. But that is reactivity to equanimity. <laughs> right there. I mean, could you notice your reactivity to the equanimity practice? Yeah, so that to, it's to notice the shutting down. So you were on the shutting down part. And this is good. I mean, I'm so glad that you were just, you're just so honest about it because people feel this way. You're like the canary, you know, <laughs> saying, saying how it is. So you can either feel shut down or reactive. Where's the part in between? You know, that's, that's what we need, we're trying to develop here where we're not just all at this side being shut down or just reactive and we don't even know sometimes, not exactly you, but we don't even know that we're reactive to, to equanimity. It's sometimes people hate metta practice. I mean, just the, you know, just the opposite, the same thing, the opposite. So um, it's important to really be truthful, which I'm really glad that you are. That's it, that's a that's a great aspect in, in your being to have, just being really truthful about how it is for you, and um, and this is what equanimity is bringing us to also. So there is some benefit. <laughs> okay. Yes. Before the sitting, because I was having the same kind of reaction uh, and the same kind of reactivity, but when you were talking about the intense feeling. Yeah. I have a uh, very intense and wonderful experience this morning, really felt fantastic, really good, and then 
I said to myself, this is how it is right now. It was like, ooh, it was like jam, it was like a summer, but it was grounding. Yes. And I, that's my thinking off and on today about equanimity. I think about it as something to bring to what I don't like, like what's going on that I don't like, as opposed to <clears throat> bringing it to things like that experience, like really great things, like this is fantastic, and this is how it is right now. It just brings me down in a, in a good way. Down in a good so way. Then okay. I saw myself sort of contaminating my uh-huh. I'm thinking, ah, oh, if I'm equanimous with good stuff, then maybe I'll be more equanimous with bad stuff. Oh, so it would... No, I think that's a wisdom. <laughs> if you're equanimous with good stuff, then you could be equanimous with difficult stuff. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a wisdom. It, it does... I mean, if we're always in this... It's good to... Intensity and openness, that's good to enjoy. But imagine if we were like that all the time, you know. <laughs> so um, equin- remember that equanimity is called, and, and then you'll, you'll come to experience it in your own, li- own life. It's called the crown or king or queen of the, all the Brahma Viharas. It's the highest one. It's the one that people aspire to, really. And of the seven factors of enlightenment, it's, it's really of all of them apart from mindfulness, which keeps everything else in balance. It, um, it helps to even balance out more. The equanimity balances things, things out more. And it's the most powerful of all of them. It's where, as I mentioned the other evening, from equanimity is where the experience of the unconditioned or nibbana comes from equanimity. It doesn't come from intensity. So th- this is the place where we're learning how to be more in this place. Because then we can see the whole path instead of just part of it. Equanimity holds all. It holds the suffering and the joy, the, you know, the gain and the loss. And we're not just kind of focusing on one thing that we think is the thing to experience. So it does, as you said, it does bring you down in a more grounded way. Not down like in a depressed way, but in a more grounded way too. Yeah. Okay, one more here. Yes. <laughs> I know I do, and yep. there's a lot of them. And I'm wondering if uh, you could speak to whether to group people together and work with equanimity in groups of people. Or, <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. Or to, to treat it as a situation um, and work equanimity around the situation that your job brings rather than the people in your job. Yeah, I do. So whether to do it as a group or whether to look at it as a situation or the people. Well, both too, because in this two-part thing, we go back to ourselves. We we include that as the second part. Um, It's sort of like when you bring when you bring up these people, it's almost like you can't separate the person from the situation. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
You know, Manindra used to always say when you have a lot of difficulty with one person, put them in a group because then it isn't so focused, you know. So try in the group and put, put your, unless you get overwhelmed, you know, if you're overwhelmed and you feel like you're going to be ganged up upon, <laughs> you know, um, then be careful about that. But I, I would say there's nothing wrong in trying that. You might, you, something might come out of that that will educate you about yourself and about how you're handling things. Yeah. Okay, it's time now. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.